Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Terry and Max are here. And I don't know if you can tell by looking at us, it's kind of hard to suppress the smiles. <laughs> and I'm hoping if you're listening to a podcast, you can hear our smiles. Can't stop them. Guys, yeah, uh, we were talking about this off camera a little while ago, but I can't get the Baby Shark song out of my head at all. It won't go away. <laughs> so, so Max, you tweeted about it. Can you, for the people who have no clue what what I'm talking about, can you can I inform them as to what went on at the game before we even go to our reaction? I just want to get this out of the way. Right. So, like, where I'm sat in the family enclosure, and I've been fortunate enough to be be sat by there for many years. It's it's quite a good like position to be in the ground, in that all the subs. They, they, they just don't escape you, you know. They're, they're like the crowd are right on top of the subs on the sideline as they're warming up. Obviously, it's the it's the first time Yeri Mean is getting, you know, uh, on, on on the field at Goodison his first experience. You know, it was brilliant. The, the Gladys streets all stood up, give him a big round of applause. And as he kind of come back back round through the family enclosure, I swear to God, right? I thought someone had got a megaphone and started playing it on loop on a megaphone. That that's how just crystal and clear it sounded. So like th- this fella, and I swear, the voice was quite an old voice as well. It wasn't like a young, it wasn't like a kid. It wasn't like some si- it wasn't like some six year old kid in the family enclosure who just like baby shark and Yeti Mina. It's like a grown man who's seen this Colombian international and just started going Yeti Mina, da, 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 Yeti Mina, and like honest to God. It went on for about five minutes to the point where even the cameraman near us turned around and went on to him. And you know, we were talking about it. Then Mina and uh, Tosin, who was on the bench as well, they were they were laughing the butts off at it. <laughs> you know what? I hope that breaks it breaks it finds a way to break itself out at Old Trafford next week because if we do well, I'd love to come out of there singing Baby Sharky any Mina. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's a lot of people on Twitter. Are are actually uh, responding favorably to it, so I think I think it has a chance to crack in. Assuming assuming Yeremina just gets in to play some, which we don't know if that's going to happen anytime mm-hmm. soon, right? Because uh, the defense looks kind of stout at the moment for the most part. Um, uh, <coughs> so Terry, you were able to to see the game as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just on that um, point. The second that Mina scores from a header. From a corner, and he starts that dancing in the corner at the corner flag. You know that um, baby shark, you know what I mean? Song's gonna get going, especially at an away ground. I can't oh. wait. I know, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> I was already excited enough to see the guy dance in the corner because I've seen video of the guy dancing. I was talking to my my friend from Colombia because he's been dying for this moment for Yeri Mina to actually play. And he started doing the dance for me, and I was just like, I was just like, I know, I'm ready for that. That's gotta happen soon, right? So yeah, pretty, pretty excited. Uh, and the guy hasn't played a second, hasn't played a second yet. No, so, I know. But if it's like the rest of our our people we've brought in, it'll go well, very well. Um, yeah, right. Uh, so uh, we do need to to get on with the show. It's a more abbreviated show. We're about one segment shy on this one because of personal reasons. 
My family. That's why. My cursed family. Yeah. Uh, sorry, everybody. Blame my family. All your letters should go to my family. Uh, so the way it's going tonight or today or whatever it is, time zone it is for you, we're going to start off with by, by reacting to the uh, the Palace game uh, from Sunday. Um, yeah. I think we're excited to talk about that one, frankly. And there's a lot of uh, – I actually have a lot of notes here. Uh, to cover, so we'll uh, we'll get to that, and we'll talk about. Then we'll make it up, make our way on to one of the players who had a had a pretty good he's a pretty good game, and he's kind of been silently a very strong player ever since he's got in, uh, and he's on loan. So we're going to talk about Kurt Zuma. Uh, you know, is it a good idea to possibly start thinking about a permanent solution with him? Maybe. Um, how much will it cost? Will it be worth it? How much it will actually cost? A lot of ins and outs and what have yous to quote the Big Lebowski. Uh, then we're gonna we're gonna finish up with a quiz. If you know your history, it's another one of those. Uh, yeah, if you've been following along, we've been kind of toggling back and forth between the penalty shootout style, going back and forth with questions and naming players. It's gonna be one of those naming the starters versions that I think Max has a preference for uh gary might as well uh, because frankly those other questions are super hard john uh so guys and just to go ahead and give you a, a, a heads up be thinking about the 2007 2008 season and squad there is your hint let that steep on your brains for a little while guys um so yeah but before all of that let's react Let's react to uh, to a win, to three points, that three-point feeling. Uh, Terry, opening thoughts on uh, on the on the 2-0 win. Yeah, um, good results. It was um, nice to build on a good away win. I mean, it was... Away win means nothing if you don't build on it the week after at home. But um, just ticked all the boxes. It felt, it felt like, um, and I know a few people said this, but it felt like a... A Moyes era home win where an away team come to Goodison and they just set up really strong, really resolute. They just look to play a deep block and just frustrate us. And much like the Moyes team, although we have got a lot of flair players now, it wasn't flair players that got us the got us the goals. It was just effort and commitment and the crowd where we were involved and we're try, trying to be the twelfth man as well and. There was a there's a pantomime villain of a player on the other team in this case Zaha and the referees causing aggro all over the uh, place and yeah just a great result not so not a great performance on the eye but doesn't doesn't matter they all count so happy with the win and take that on from there hopefully uh, moved up to eighth currently uh, as of Monday uh, with 15 points three points out of fifth. Um, starting to get within striking distance of actually mattering, you know, uh, which is nice, uh, being a part of discussions. Uh, yeah. Max, uh, what are your thoughts on, on this past, uh, on Sunday's game? Uh, maybe some uh, man-of-the-match contenders who you thought had strong performances? Oh, man-of-the-match man contenders. Um, I've been quite brash in... In my statement, I'm, I'm standing by Jordan Pickford. In that, I like I firmly believe that penalty save changed the game and and put us on course to achieving the result. Um, I know a lot of people have 
through forward than Aiden Van Dijk Gomez. And personally, I do feel like he played really well. So you know, it's it not a, doesn't shock me to see him being involved. Um, who else? I think Michael Keane, absolutely in, you know, incredible performance at the back. And need to say anything about that assist? Jesus, that was that was better than Gerrard in his prime. That first time, inch perfect to the feet of Tosin. That was absolutely fantastic. His defensive defensive partner Zuma did uh, exceptionally well too. Um, I was impressed with pretty much everyone, to be honest. And I, I agree with Terry in that the performance wasn't picture perfect. And I think in part that's down to the amount of times the ref, the, the you know, play had to be held up due to the referee or how physical Crystal Palace were. That obviously prevented us from playing this you know flowing game that we want to play, but. I think it just goes to show with the, the character that we have to, you know, for the, both of those goals to be coming in the last three minutes of the game. You know, that shows a resiliency and that shows a work ethic that a top side needs. And, uh, you know, as we climb the table, I hope we start feeling that there's a bit about us because I do feel like with this, you know, with this squad depth that we've got now, the competition for places, we can only build on that and get stronger. Yeah, the... The idea of having not just a starting 11, but having like a starting 14 or 15 with some interchangeable parts, with flexibility, that is the thing I will say I got the most out of this performance was seeing our flexibility in action. To sit there and see, okay, Bernard is is up. It's a tough sell with him up against Juan Basaka, who is a player, by the way. Yeah, That guy can ball. All right, that creep can roll, man. Uh, he's he's uh, yeah. That guy was that guy was great, and Bernard had some trouble on the side there. Um, yeah, and even Richarlison when he went over there, he did too. Uh, yeah, that guy's sound. But to watch our manager not just make the change of formation, but also have have the the people to be able to do it, the pieces. Um, you know, just bringing in. I, I was surprised to see DCL come in. Mm. I was, but you know what? That's the flexibility. You know, that was that was awesome. And then Gene, watch yeah. it. And didn't uh, I've been sitting here talking about Jing Tosin is good at this, good at that. But I say he doesn't have much pace. He outran Sako <laughs> in a foot race to actually get that goal and Meg the keeper and Jing Tosin. Yeah, yeah, happy. Happy times. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, Gay, another good performance from Gay. Yeah. And how about the new guy, Terry? What did you think about Gomez? Uh, I was impressed. I mean, first off, he was very, very kept it simple. He, <coughs> he didn't want to really put a foot wrong. He was quite neat and tidy with the ball, but didn't really, you know, express himself very much. I think that was more probably nerves. Didn't <laughs> want to make a mistake debut, but... Second half, he grew into the game a lot more and started spraying it about more than we... We haven't seen that for a couple of years, a player in the middle of the pitch who... I don't want to say this, but that Arteta-like position where you just sit there. Hey, very early to be getting too excited, obviously, but into that game, looks a very good player. Looks like he's got an eye for a pass and that's what this... We've got all the attacking talent in the world. We just need someone in the middle to go alongside Garner, who can who can pick the lock of the other opposition teams because teams will do that to us that Crystal Palace did. They'll they'll set up really strong and robust and 
and we won't be able like Bernard especially struggles and it doesn't matter how how clever you are, what it doesn't matter how tricky you are. You do need that player to play it in sometimes from the middle, and he looked really good. I was really happy with him. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him as we go forward now. That team that he set out, well, maybe one player in the front three, switch around, but that the core of that team could be in place for quite a good chunk of the season, I think, mm-hmm. with Gomez there. Yeah, and I think you'll see, you'll see, you know, Jinktosin float in, you'll see uh, Mina float in. You'll see maybe a center mid, you know, Tom Davies float in every once in a while. Um, yeah, but I mean, besides that, I mean, those are that's a strong squad. Gomez was kind of was fun to watch because it was different. You had to keep your eye on him. I don't think he looks fast. He doesn't look like a speedy player. He's got long legs though. He's going faster than you realize. He's sort of gliding around the pitch, which was. I guess I should have expected that. I mean, look at the guy. Is he going to get around the pitch any other way? He just, you know, <laughs> he just looks like a glider, you know? Uh, but mm-hmm. His touch on the ball, his one-touch passing, uh, his forward his forward passing, he's just a clever, intelligent player who seems to be thinking and having an idea what he's going to do with the ball before he gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, I was he's, – he's a player I've been low-key, like – Maybe the one I was most excited about of our signings, mm-hmm. just because I knew we needed help in that in that central position. Um, yeah, man, that was exciting. Uh, how about how about Lookman, Max? Yeah, no, of course you've you've got to lord those those substitutes as much as you possibly can. To the fact that the, the three of them all contributed in in turn and the results around something that I think we're picking up upon now that if we're all loosely in agreement that that 11 that we started with is our starting is our best starting 11 it's I think it's comforting to see the likes of Kenny Luckman uh, and Calvert-Lewin all on the bench you know young lads so for example if you look at the situation of Adam Ola Luckman where he's thinking oh I should be getting I should be getting in the starting 11 here I should be playing week in week out I think it, it it it's good for Everton as a club to have other young lads, not that, maybe not necessarily on the same level, but kind of on the same page as Luckman, where they're not quite breaking into the starting eleven, but you know they're on the same page and they'll be considered to be brought on because he's not everyone's in the same boat there, you know what I mean, so to speak. So it kind of as as a group, they can kind of stick together, bringing the young lads through. Um, but in, in terms of performance, I think it definitely, you know, it, it, it gratifies you. And, like, you know, uh, over the course of the season, he's going to get more playing time. I, I hate seeing outsiders who, who haven't watched Everton much treat Everton as the sort of villain in the entire saga between the, the club and Luckman. Because I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think, it, I think it's the, the, the toxic atmosphere that was left last season. I think that's carried over almost and was kind of being projected throughout the whole saga. But, you know, you, you looked when them goals went in. Luckman was just as happy as everyone else. And, the, you know, like Terry said, it, it felt like a Moyes winning. That the spirit was there, that fighting spirit. You know, spirit of the blues, it was there. And you, you're so excited looking forward to the future because you feel like if that is some, if we've got that result, the resolve to dig deep and get results late in matches... Who are we going to be able to turn over? And if you think if we can maintain strong 
and look to take it to an opposition for 90 minutes. Games like Old Trafford on Sunday, they're going to be a really interesting watch because it really does quite feel like a new Everton. Yeah, I, I saw <laughs> numerous locations saying that result was harsh on Palace. Uh, some Palace supporters, some commentators here, some pundits here in, in the States. And now, although I don't think we should have pounded them 4-0 or anything, <clears throat> I look at the fact that stats are interesting. You take one stat out of context, 60% possession compared to their 40 how, is not how, a big thing, you know? How many chances created them? We create something insane, though. We created like 20 we chances. Had, we had 20 like shots compared to their 7, okay? Mm. We had 10 corners compared to their 5, you know? To me, that's indicative of a team that probably won the game. Now, 2-0 yeah. may be a little harsh on them, but I thought we should have won based on the performance, frankly. And again, stats yeah. can be misleading, Trev. but when you put them all together, usually it's a, there's a good picture there. Yeah, because it's interesting that you bring that up, because I remember looking at the stuff after the game, I think, you know, it, although it was two late wins, it, two late goals, and credit for Crystal Palace for their you know defensive resiliency, I think it was a fair reflection, because uh, as we said, we were creating more chances their approach, obviously, like Terry said, he kind of hit the nail on the head perfectly. They, they came to Goodison to frustrate us and, you know, be tough. Um, you've got to feel for them in that they, they kind of blew their golden Golden's opportunities to go ahead. You think about that fact that they did hit the bar and they missed a the penalty even though the keeper went the wrong way. Okay, yeah, you feel sorry for them. But after that, I feel they just blew out of steam. I don't think they could have created much more. And obviously with the fresh... Fresh legs coming on off the bench. We, uh, I think we merited the win. Yeah, uh, to be fair to them, they had two very good chances. Very good ones. So that's where stats can, can be, you know, misleading. But however, I still think we deserve to win. You know, by one goal. Not really by two, but I'll take it. Uh, Here's a quick stat just while we're on stats. Did you know that Idrissa Gay... Committed one foul and got booked. You're kidding. And Wilfried Zaha committed five fouls and wasn't booked. Yeah. Now he, he does get fouled. In the ground, I understand you feel like he's throwing himself everywhere and stuff like that. But yeah, he does get fouled a lot. He's a very, very good player. He's difficult to play against. But he's persistently fouling other players as well. And because he's got a reputation, oh, well, he gets fouled, so let's not book him. So it's just ridiculous. But. Yeah, um, that was just the stat that I took away from. He got five player. It is grounds for a yellow card from assistant Fowler, but the ref wasn't having his best. Well, question. Do you think no. the ref approached Gay's yellow card like it's an automatic yellow because he saw it, the guy was kind of sprinting, Uzaha was sprinting toward midfield and he kind of pulled him back. Sometimes they, it's an automatic thing, right? I, I well, yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting for a second that that's not a yellow card for Gay. It was, it was absolutely a yellow card, but it's just a fact that yeah, that's where I thought you were going. Alan and just not get it. He should have been easily booked as well. Like he was getting a bit of a tough time for our defenders. He, he does everywhere. He's got it a lot worse in other grounds than he got it here, but doesn't give him a free license to just go around fouling everyone himself. But um, yeah, on every single metric, we were we were value for the win. I think what people mean when they say it was harsh on Palace. I mean, if they'd have got something, it wouldn't have been a fluke because they'd have executed their game plan really well. But it it wasn't harsh. They they weren't better than us in any sort of 
measurable mm-hmm. way. They just weren't vastly inferior. They had a good game plan, but it didn't work. Got them through to 87 minutes. Then our manager changed the changed the players, and that changed the game. Fair value for a win for Everton. Uh, and just to be clear, if we if we say players like uh, weaker performers. I think uh, there weren't a lot of players that where you look, watch the game and you're like, well, they played shit, didn't they? Uh, I think Bernard struggled a bit because he was up against a good player. You know, he got yeah. tired. He got t- he was he was shattered. He's, and he and he's well, he's so. still dealing with the physicality and getting all the way up to be able to play more minutes. We're subbing him usually around the 65, 70 minute range and not letting him go much more past that, and probably shouldn't let him go. How much more past that right now, right? The good learning curve for him. I mean, he's going to come up against defenders like that in in this league. Like he's Wambasaka is a beast. Let's let's be honest. He's he's very very good fullback, and Bernard's very good in the league. So it's just something you know he'll have learned a lot from that performance. Going, oh, I'm going to have to change it up a little bit. He, he didn't have a good game, Bernard. Walcott that was one of his more anonymous performances, but. They weren't outright bad. They were just playing against two very, what I think, very strong fullbacks. <laughs> Kept them quiet. So it was down to the other players to help them out. Because Bernard, um, the star man last week, and Walcott was uh, there's enough points points already this season. They can't do it every week. So it's down to some of the others to step in, and they did. And that's the benefit of having a decent bench. You can sit there and throw in fresh legs and not really lose a lot. You know, Lookman came in for Walcott, and he is different than Walcott. He, there's there's something like different about his game. I feel like Walcott's a guy who will straight out outrun you over 20 yards, and Lookman with that tight control, he likes to to kind of bring you one way and then take you another, and then immediately look to either cross or shoot very quickly. So yeah, Lookman dan- Lookman dances with the yeah, fullback. That that assist was Wal- so Walcott just leaves him for dead. Yeah. Oh, lovely crazy ball, good, wasn't it? Crazy good cross. Um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else we need to, to breach here. I think we've covered everything um, in terms of what we were thinking. Um, anything else? Pickford, Pedshade, get the rave on. Carry on being great. See, I was this close to tweeting get the rave on after he did that, but I'm like, no, if we lose... Then yeah. people will say, oh, how's that working out for you? Or this tweet didn't age well. And that kind of, you know, so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll hang back, wait a little bit. But, yeah. Never, never gloat mid-game. Never gloat yeah. mid-game. Oh. I've learned that. I'm 40 years old. It's the only thing I've learned in life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So I guess that's it for our uh, Palace match reaction. We decided to be a good idea to talk uh, about somebody who's been performing week in, week at, week out. Uh, hasn't done anything to suggest we should drop him anytime soon, uh, and he's not even an Everton player. Um, he's on loan from Chelsea. Uh, has slotted in nicely in the back. Uh, Kurt Zuma, a young French player. Um, so Max, give us some thoughts about his uh, performances uh, so far, Max. Um, the- it's been it's been really interesting because it, you go back to when you remember when Sam Allardyce first came in and his first kind of judgment call 
was to to stabilise Mason Hallgate and Ashley Williams in the in the middle of the fence. And although it kind of it worked for a while, it kind of, it, it soured and became this kind of almost like a Sunday League kind of centre back partnership. Whereas I think the, with Kezuma, it's not, he hasn't just got this like he hasn't got just got this physical ability about him. He's also got a technical ability about him. You see the amount of times he kind of he wants to play football, he wants to play out from the back. It's not just clearing his lines like it would have been under Allardyce. It's it's breaking through the lines. It's breaking into the midfield. It's just distributing the ball out to the to the wide players or to players that are running into space. And from you know from that perspective, that he's a lone player. It, it frustrates, as you say, it frustrates you already because you're like, oh, we we already know it's not a view to buy. So what's that negotiation process going to be like at the end of the season? Because you can you know. Given given his performances and and the kind of relationship that's blossomed with Michael Keane, you can already tell that we're going to be interested in trying to make that sign and a permanent sign, and it's and not just not just for for his sake. I think for Michael Keane's sake as well, because you look at how much Michael Keane's come on in the short space of time that he's been partnered with Kurt Zuma. Well, and quite interestingly, and Jerry, you've you've never actually brought it up, but the fact that they're both right-footed as well. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> it works fine. You know, there's it, it, not really a problem with it. I mean, we, we've alluded to it maybe sometimes that there may be a lack of speed. But performances like that on Sunday, you know, they make up for it with just, just how dominant they are. Winning aerial duels, winning tackles, playing good football. It, it, you know, they're all really good indicators. And, I, I, of course, I, I want to see him become an Everton player permanently at the end of the step. Uh, I was expecting our guys to get torched by Zaha speed-wise. You know, I was just expecting it. Keen to get blown away. I actually watched Keen break Zaha down and contain him on the side, <clears throat> on the flank one time. You know, and I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, that's just a different guy, isn't he? You know? Um, and I do think this partnership with Zuma has, has helped. So, Terry, um, go into a little bit of... Uh, Zuma's strengths and weaknesses, as you've as you've noticed. I mean, you know, uh, certainly you hear rumors about players, and I guess just kind of pushing that to the side and thinking about from your own experience this season watching him play. I mean, I don't know about weaknesses. It's a bit early. He hasn't really been a fault for any mistakes or anything like that. I mean, he's. I just echo what Max said. He's. he's he seems to be a fantastic player, and and he's got everything. He's got. He's. He, he's got pace. He's got straight. He's definitely got strength. Pace, I don't mean pace, and he's got electric speed, but he's got a good turn of pace. Sylvan Distan was not a fast player, and he's the one everyone compares him to, just physically because they're both they're both beasts. But he was always in the right position at the right time. He could read the game very well, and when he needed a turn of pace, he needed to get himself out of danger. He often could because physically, he was just he was just a very very athletic player. And I think Zuma's got a bit of that about him. Um, we just enjoy it because he's 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 decent with the ball as well. Not in the sense of he you know John Stones level you know playmaker for a centre back, but he doesn't just look to shift the ball on whenever he gets it. Like afraid to have it, he looks for the better pass. He's got a good relationship with Luca Dean on the left hand side. Always looks to find him with the ball. He obviously was the one who found um, Sigurdsson for that wonder goal away at Leicester. Um, yeah, I mean not. I, no weaknesses as of yet. Still very early days, but um, as as Max said, I, I think I think um, 
he'll be top of the to-do list, say, looking to bring him in um, in the summer. Now, people are a little bit like, oh, it's, it's, I think Max even alluded to it then, it's not. It's it's a loan deal with no view to buy, but what there's two things I just want to remind people of with that. One, we it was very late that we came in for him and things like that might have you know, um, delayed the deal and added some time that we didn't have on to agree a you know, multi-million pound transfer fee that we would have been locked in in you know, legal, legally binding contracts. It may be that, yeah, we're, we're okay, we're, we're open, open to you looking to buy him because when he was brought in, that was like two managers ago, which is Chelsea. Um, so he hasn't really got a place here. He was at Chelsea. He's on loan last season. He's on loan this season, but we haven't got the time to sort a deal out. Come back to us if you like him and we'll sort something out. Plus, what a lot of people are haven't mentioned is the rules are changing I think next year with regards to loan players I don't think you're allowed to have I think there's a the, the Premier League are chopping it down now where you can't have a massive amount of players out on loan uh, from next season that you, which you can now where Chelsea famously have got about 40 players out it's on loan so many kids they just push out all over the world and I it's- think I think They've got to chop it down to like a maximum of four or five. I mean, don't quote me on that number, but in the summer they're going to be looking at. Yeah, we need to move on a lot of players, and Zuma will be one of the more, more sellable assets who, who they'll be able to get money for. So, oh yeah, he's already had a club. He's an international, so that'll come with a premium. And he's, you know, he's not in our plans. He was bought like two managers ago, three managers ago. He'll, I think he might be the first one out the door at Chelsea because he'll have been told. Yeah, sorry, we're not going to use you. But Everton like you, Everton want you, and they, Everton can afford you, which will probably not be as much as people think, considering they need to shift these players. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the question for me, because I know we talked before, there are times when we've had some people on the pod where and on the show where they've said, he concerns me in terms of I'm worried he's got a mistake in him. In the back, there are times where he doesn't look the most assured. Okay, I've heard people say that. I haven't really seen any evidence of that this season very much, though. You know, he's not putting us in a lot of compromising positions very often. No, um, but it, t- two things for me in terms of weaknesses. Firstly, it would be that composure on the ball. I've said it myself sometimes. It, it just got a kind of essence of Mamadou Sacco. About him, and I don't know. That might be the, the the right foot, left foot thing coming into play. Where he possibly having to always try and shift it over onto his mm-hmm. his right foot, so he, he could be a little bit off balance. And say, as you, you know, as you said, though, it certainly hasn't put us in any deep water. If it has, I'm sure he, you know, he, he's had enough about him to recover it and kind of settle things. The second thing, and that goes for Michael Keane too. Pep peeve. I just wish they'd be a bit more accurate with the attacking headers. It, it the ball just seems to bounce off parts of the head, and the really good chances when you look at them objectively, like from corners, from crosses. Def- defensively, I don't think it matters so much. They go, they like sail so yeah. often. You see them getting under it and not getting on top of it because typically attacking headers, you want to head down. And you see them kind of just meeting it, and it just sails over, and it's not a threat. And he's yeah, in position. Him and King both are in position to get those goals often. Yeah. I'm wondering no, if that's yeah, just continuing to build the chemistry in, in training. Impossible. Yeah. You know, 
drill the life out, drill the life out of them with heading drills and putting it where you want it. Uh, hopefully, that's an issue that resolves itself with time. And if it is, I feel like we could be a real threat from set pieces there. Then, so the question to wrap all of this up, because I I, I worry this is a, a the big question here. He's increasing his value here. Okay, he is. The price should be going up based on the fact that he's playing really well for us. He's proven that he can start in the Premier League at a level. So regardless, that that makes him valuable to a certain extent. So with us already having Mina, Keane, and Holgate in the stables, you know, they're back there, how much is too much to pay for Zuma? Because we all want him, but if they're trying to just gouge us, where do we say, eh, sorry, Chelsea? I mean, I don't think they, they can do that just because of the, the position they're going to be in. Like like I said before about the long deals, I think um, I think we'll probably get him for 25, 30, which sounds like a lot, but it's what we pay for Michael Keane. I, I think if we can get him for that, Terry, that's a steal. That's just flat yeah, out I, robbery I, right I, now. No, I just, I, I, it was a normal circumstances. He, he would go for more than that, but I think Chelsea can't afford to be picky. I think they... They know that they need to get rid of him, and that's a probably sound return on their investment for a player they're not going to use. I could be wrong. Hope I'm not. Could could go higher than that, but um, I mean, how much did Mina cost? Was it was it thirty? Yeah, it was thirty. Thirty, and we yeah. and we had competition for that from Lyon and supposedly from United. Yeah, and think about how high his stock was from the World Cup. Like, so if we're getting in for that, I would imagine. 25-30, which some people say, oh, that's that's too much because there's no one else in for him. But uh, if Jagielka, so a lot of people expect, will see out his contract at the end of this year, then either move on or go into coaching or the media or whatever, I think bring Zuma in and you've got a good, strong four there with varying different skills. You've got Holgate, Mina, Keane and Zuma. All good age. You can build around that. I mean... Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. I don't think Chelsea are going to be in a position to ask for any more, unless someone else comes in for him. But then if if Zoom has been here and playing and back in the France squad for this year, is he want to going to want to go anywhere else? I, mean, I can't see a Champions League team coming in for him. And you never know. It's a long season, but get even better, and then you you are worried about someone else coming in. But at the minute, I think probably about eight for Keane would be enough to get him. I. Uh... Yeah, uh, I didn't. I, I, I didn't that's, sorry, too much would be too much would be forty plus. I mean, I don't really mind any of the prices because if you, I just look <clears> at <throat> prices are now just almost irrelevant. So, but too much should probably be forty plus because I don't think I think we'd have been out over a barrel by Chelsea if we went that high. Yeah, I was going to say I'm willing to go to like thirty five. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like because I think he's proven he can be a starter, and that's that's something worth paying for. You know, somebody who you know can perform and is a starter. Uh, by the way, the Yerimina was, uh, it, there also was a buyback clause inserted, I think, and that drove the price down some. Um, yeah, I don't know how much, but I think that usually if, if teams insert that, you can get people for cheaper. Um, Max, are you, are you uh, about where, where we are on that? Yeah, that, it, it, that's funny, actually, because I think you kind of hit what the fees that I would say 
right on the head. I'd, I'd say upwards of 40, and I think we'd probably shy away from it. it it's really it's astonishing to me in this market, the valuation of defensive players in comparison to the valuation of attacking players, because say Kertuma was a winger who has an equally positive impact on the side, his valuation would be a lot more than 30, 40 million. You know, so it's it, it, it's very and as as Terry said, the you know the figure that also you know that that becomes the ultimate half the time kind of is almost like an anomaly of a figure. It just becomes so bizarre that to the point where it doesn't matter. But yeah, thirty between thirty and forty million is what I could see us paying for them. Um, and I think obviously if if this if this form becomes consistent and it becomes, you know, if this actualises to what he actually is as a player and this the idea the performances that he puts in week in, week out and he certainly seems to have a kind of, you know, a positive effect around the club as a whole because he seems like a good member of the dressing room to, to have about. So, yeah, I think 30, 35 is what we should be paying for. He seems happy. He seems happy. seems like he gets along with everybody. It's his middle name. Yeah, it's good. Hey, happy is his middle. <laughs> it doesn't even happy. He is all right. He is happy. I forgot about that. Accidental. Uh, all right. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, the the so I guess the thought thinking is right now pretty early in the game. Still, admittedly, we need to be thinking about a permanent move at some point, probably in the spring. So, um, yeah. So I guess that's. That's it on Kurt Zuma, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That's right. It's that time again. It's time for If You Know Your History. It's an Everton quiz. You should know that by now. And if you don't, there's your truth bomb. Today's cage match pits Terry versus Max. Max is coming off a defeat. His feelings are hurt. Trust me. On the inside, he's a broken man. He's trying to recover, trying to bring it back. He's got Terry, who has uh, taken him to a tie in the past. And because of the, 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 the luck, he ended up getting the W there. But it was sort of a tie, pretty much a tie. Uh, but regardless, for the, for the people who need to understand what's going on, I am going to be uh, naming a game from Everton's history. And these gentlemen will have to do their best to name the players that played during that game. Okay, I'll have the starting 11 and then the subs. There's a tiebreaker question, as there always is. Uh, and the, the way this will work, it'll be sort of like a pen shootout. I will be flipping. Uh, I have a memory card in my head. I have no coin because nerd. So I've got, I'll have got. i be using the, the memory card to flip, uh, and we'll see who goes first. Then we'll, take, then we'll go back and forth. Uh, yeah, that's it. If you don't understand it by now, I'm sorry. I have no more words. I don't have the best words. Aha. All right, so who wants to call this? This part is heads. This part is tails. Who's calling it? On tails. Max. Okay, ah, oh, Terry is called tails because he's on to Max's game. Look, he's already messing with it. Psychological warfare. <laughs> it's been called tails and... It is heads. <clears throat> so... Max wins the toss. Max, first or second? Yes, please. Always first. Everybody who wins the toss always goes first. 
Um, so, uh, and just so you know, everybody, their prize, their, 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 their golden trophy will be to select the tune with which we wrap the show. Okay? So, cue intense game show music. And there it is. <laughs> Gentlemen, I will need you to name the starting 11 and the players that have played, that played during the, during Everton's 7-1 to one, uh, victory over Sunderland from uh, November 24th, 2007. Okay? So, Max, you begin. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Never heard of him. And it's correct. Next, Terry. Mm. Michael Arteta. That is correct. Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill is correct. Julian Lescott. Lescott is correct. Joe Yobo. Joe Yobo is correct. Um, Tony Hippert. Tony Hibbert is not on the list. Oh my god, the game from the movies that Tony Hibbert didn't play? Let me double check. One, two, three, four, five, oh, six, I, seven, I think, eight, I, think eight, I think I know who would be at right back then. Mm. I don't know. Nuno Valente? That's left back though, isn't it? Uh, Nuno Valente was in, yes. He played right he, he, was, right he wasn't left. Right back, uh, player I think some people kind of joked with Moyes about playing him at I, right back. I think I know. You got it, Terry? Um, actually, no, I don't. It was joke with Moyes playing there. No, I don't know. Oh, was it Phil Neville? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Phil Neville. Um, so, technically... <laughs> Technically, the game is over, but let's keep going. Max, who else you got? Um, I said Nuno, Nuno Valente. Yes. And we've also said Phil Neville. Actually, Terry, you can chime in. At this point, we don't have to, we don't have to deal with the same back-and-forth structure. Just uh, Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar is correct. Feed the Yacht, man. Oh, wait. That, that would have been him in his prime, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, feed the yak man is correct, and that we we do sort of have to say that his full name. I don't want to call him anything else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who else, guys? It's Brown, Moise. You saw him at a player who always played is Leon Osman. Osman, that is correct. Sentiment. Lee Carsley. Lee Carsley is correct. That's all the starters, by the way. Mm. Subs that played. Victor and Ichibi. And each of B is correct. Came in for Cahill in the 74th minute. Uh, I got that wrong. I let myself down here. I got it wrong. <laughs> I feel like... I well, I think the people that are listening are hearing you rattle these off, and I think they'll be easy on you, Terry. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, I mentioned Andy Johnson off camera. But... That is correct. Yeah. He came in for Feed the Yak Man. Uh, 74 Feed the minute. Yak Man. Yeah. Um, One more who played. Jack Rodwell? No, he did not. Um, 
Manuel Fernandez. Yeah, no. Manny Fernandez is a good show. No, he did not come in. This was a an interesting sub uh, in the back. Um, Agielka? Yes. Did he come on at right back? He came in for Yobo, 81st minute, uh, which is interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and lastly, goal scorers. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, or do you want me to just rattle it off? You know, rattle it off, seven. Uh, Feed the think- Man had two, 12th minute and the 73rd minute. Uh, Cahill, 70th, 17th minute and the 62nd minute, so he had two. Uh, Pinar, 43rd minute. Johnson, 80th minute, and Osman in the 85th minute. The tiebreaker was, what was Nuno Valente's shirt number that season? Terry, you want you want first crack at this? Oh, what a question. Um, I liked him when we got him as well. I'm just trying to think. Max like is smiling. Thanks. Well, I'd say when we signed him because he, he, I, I just liked his name. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen, was it? Yeah, I was gonna say nineteen. You both are correct. So yeah. Terry, I know you were sitting there sweating, letting yourself down, but you just nailed <clears throat> Nuno Valente's number. So I think you can, yeah, be gentle, <laughs> be be compassionate with yourself, sir. Uh, but uh, Max, you have you have won, you have won the the trophy, which is pick a tune, any tune, my friend. Um, Park Life by Blair. Go on. So if you were to recommend any Blur tune to me, would that be the one, Max? It uh, depends what. You know, I'm, I'm, I lean more towards Oasis than I do Blair, and I know that was kind of the, the big kind. They were the two kind of Britpop in the 90s. I was going to ask about that because I remember watching MTV here, and this is when, in the 90s, this is when I was high school and college uh, and they said that was like the big rivalry but I never understood it because I was American kid I thought I'd dabble in a bit of a bit of Blair uh, over like the last week or so so I've just kind of had the greatest hits on and I think everyone knows Song 2 Song 2 is one that everyone knows I like there's, there's you know that one don't you oh yeah that one see that one went uh, just huge in America and that one was the one everybody knows but that's the one where I'm like eh I really like there's a video is it called Coffee and TV it's a the video has like a walking milk carton like walking uh, around yeah. town I know that video is that Blair yeah yeah that was actually the first Blur song I ever heard and I was like this is catchy as hell I love that I think it's called Coffee and TV love that one and it's a really good video too weird it's a dude in a milk carton outfit walking around town <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, unless Max, you had other reasons to to want the song on. No, nope. just yeah. tune in. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's it uh, for for the big show, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, please subscribe to our podcast. We just appreciate it. Uh, yeah, share it with your friends. That'd be that'd be amazing. Leave a kind review. Rate it. You know, uh, that kind of stuff we just appreciate. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, also check out our YouTube channel, uh, the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Uh, then you can see our faces if you're into that kind of nonsense. Uh, so also uh, check out check out Terry on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. You can find uh, when he's on there. Check his Twitter timeline. 
Yeah. Uh, same thing with Max. Check his Twitter timeline. He just, uh, he doesn't care. If you have a podcast, he'll, he'll go on. Um, he's just that kind of guy. He has thoughts. Uh, also, he has some analysis that shows up on the Toffee Blues website. Just check the Toffee Blues website. A lot of analysis on there from a lot of uh, key contributors that show up, uh, show up on the show here. Um, also, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm done plugging. No more plugging. I'm unplugged. That is it. Gentlemen, cool. thanks so much. <clears throat> much love to you. Terry, as always, great to see you, man. So much fun. Always a pleasure. All right. Max. As always, yes. up the toffees as well. Felt time we had a win. Well, always boss coming on talking about the win, isn't it? Yeah, and it Makes just keeps happening, and it's awesome. I was asked to come on, and I replied within seconds. Going, yep, yeah, I'll come on. Yeah, that's great. Yes, it's great. I have a little stretch where I don't hate myself. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so guys uh, thanks so much uh, yeah we're uh, we're out of here so bye <laughs> <laughs>